Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we are here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Yet again, we have an incredible guest. Allison Holly is here today. We're going to be talking about her most recent book, Ecstatic Playgrounds, Creating as Gods and Masters on the Playground of Life. Wow, what a cool title. We're going to talk to her about this and so much more in just one second. But first, I need you to do something for me. Follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts. Click that button that connects us so you know exactly what is going on when yet another incredible guest comes on. You get that notification instantly to wherever you get that. Through the time stream or outside of time, who knows? But you get that notification and you can come here and, of course, tell a friend. Tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. You know what we are doing. You know the topics we cover, the guests, so much. You know the people that need to be exposed to this information, that need to integrate it. Bring them here. We're welcoming. We love them. Bring them here. Midnightsonearth.com. Okay. We're almost ready to talk to Allison, but we have to read her bio. So here we go. Allison Holly is an Andromedan starseed, a conscious channel, and currently the author of two books, The Era of the True Creator and Ecstatic Playground, which we're going to talk about today. After experiencing a profound awakening in 2012, Allison began spontaneously channeling and receiving visions of the world to come. She left her former life to integrate these higher frequency downloads and eventually began teaching and channeling for others, helping to bring forward the energies of divine love and unconditional joy for this beautiful time of awakening. She serves others through her guidance in discovering their life purpose developing intuition, and knowing ecstatic states of being through various practices. Her life's mission is to activate others into their highest expression of self, radiant ecstatic creators. Being very present within the moment, Allison lives wherever she feels called to live, which currently is Arkansas in the U.S., and she's here with us today. Hello, Allison. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for having oh, me here on the show. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here because you're yet another star seed that we've had on the show. We've probably had a dozen or more in 170 episodes, probably 50. Who knows? Every one of the guests, actually, in some cases. <laughs> and there's so much in your book that you cover. Your book is amazing. Most importantly, it is very very positive it's positive it's positive energy it's moving people towards faith towards understanding that this life is beautiful everything is perfect and though there seems to be 
chaos through some perceptions. The truth is it is only love and we're moving forward. And that's a big part of your book, which is so amazing. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And you're just lighting my heart up because it's so, you know, we were talking just briefly and I was saying, oh, if I could just hit record and talk for 24 hours a day, all of the stream of consciousness that's coming through me. And you reminded me, uh, reaffirmed that, man, so many of us are getting these downloads and that, you know, the oneness consciousness is coming in, the consciousness of this ecstatic playground that we're existing in, it's coming into so, so, so many. And we're just kind of popping through the veil like popcorn, you know, and <laughs> and it's just, and the way that you bring your message and how exuberant you are, I'm like, yes, yes, this is what it's about. This yes. is what it's about. Well, it's absolute <laughs> faith. It's absolute faith in love, knowing that all matter, all things can be pulled back to that one source. And that yeah. source is infinite love. And yes. if you know that, then fear and you integrate that, then fear just slips away. Fear is the absence of faith. There are no mistakes. It's all learning and fear isn't real. You talk about that in your book quite a bit. Yes. Would you like to dive in? Because I have. Of course. Real... Okay. We're diving. Let's <laughs> dive. Well, what's coming to me when you say, you know, fear is the illusion. And that is so true. And saying that it just slips away, here's what I want to say about that. I want to offer a lot of comfort to people right now, because what's happening with fear is that it's actually being super amplified right now because so much love is coming into the planet. What this looks like on a personal level and a global level is this real intense amplification of the very things that we're moving beyond. So internally, it looks like an amplification of all of our pain bodies coming up to be held and loved and integrated worldwide. It's coming up as these power or these patterns of disempowerment and um, a, a lack of unity or a separation model. And it seems like things are getting really chaotic, both personally and globally, as this higher stream of light starts to come in and awaken with all of us. So I just want to bring a little bit of comfort because yes, we're moving into these incredible times where we're existing in the divine love that we truly are. And the transmutation process as we move into that actually causes it to look like and feel like even more chaos. And I really wanted to share that because what I see with a lot of the people that I'm working with, and even in my own world, is it seems like it's getting like kind of worse sometimes. It's really, it can be... um difficult. And our job, each of us individually, is to look toward the light. It's to keep our eye on that, um, the, the truth, rather than witnessing and uh, being distracted by everything that's falling apart internally and globally. Because it's a very temporal experience. And that's hard for us to grasp as individuals, because we have this very brief life as this individual, this third dimensional incarnation and all of that stuff seemingly shifting and 
some would say crumbling away could be yeah. scary because people root that in the fear of death. They're like, well, if this crumbles, then I'm going to die. But the absolute right. truth is, no, you are not going to die. And that crumbling is not a crumbling. It's actually a transmutation, a rebirth into something higher. Yeah. And on your background, it's like all of these stars and it's like this, it's like the universe exploding. It's like, we're just, we're just <laughs> letting it, you know, and that's, that's like such an intense process, right? So yes, absolutely. It is for us people that took the time for whatever reason to study early on, to be open to these concepts and aware of these energies for people like that, we have a better way of processing and dealing with all of this. I feel like we have to be compassionate and, and look at the perspective of the people that did not receive that ethereal training for whatever reason they chose not to their path. And they are in that. How do we interface with those people to bring them up more? Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is that because we are one consciousness, the, the only work we ever need to do is internal and it may see, you know, of course we're going out and we're meeting other versions of ourselves through everything and everyone that we interact with. And, you know, <laughs> I'll just bring sort of a crude example. in. I heard one time, if you leave your house and you meet asshole number one, <laughs> Can I say that? Of on course. Yes. Okay. Freedom. And then, and then you're like, oh, that really sucked. And then you meet asshole number two and you're like, huh, something's up. And you meet asshole number three. You might want to go home and look in the mirror at asshole number four. Right? right. So all of this is a reverberation. This is where we start to meet the mirror principle. And I want to talk a little bit about the mirror principle because it's not that you know, when we look in a mirror on the physical level, we're looking at an exact physical replication. When we look at the mirror principle, we're talking about the energetic principle of mirroring. So it's not going to look exactly the same, but it is going to vibrationally be the same. So if we are meeting these things in our world that are causing fear within then what we do is we go within and we transmute that fear. Whatever is equal to will be met. So say, for example, somebody's coming to me with a lot of um, uh, anger energy. It's not that I am also angry in the same way as them. It's that there's something in me that still feels um, as if I deserve that or feels uh, fear of, you know, destruction or whatever it is. So we've kind of got to look at the vibrational matching of it. This is not victim blaming. This is really looking at ourselves as the creator of all of existence, one aspect of this creation. And when we are witnessing our world, what are we predominantly witnessing? That's giving us a clue as to what within we want to start to shift and transmute. Now, we're all very powerful creators. So if we are paying the most attention to something that isn't uh, working well for us, that's also something that we can shift because where we pay our attention is what we amplify. So we're really starting to step into this, you know, Jedi ability of creation 
where it's not as um, it's a little more nuanced. It's a little more um, centered around being able to find that deep focus, that deep peace, that deep knowing of who we are and create from there. So I think I jumped around just a little bit, but I, it's really- No, no, important. the concept was there. Yes, it's a shamanic okay. perspective. You're going to that higher self and understanding why these things are happening and then- trying to get a hold of your own personal frequency to understand what you're attracting into your life. Now, again, we're matching the frequencies when these things are happening. There's some reason these things are coming into your life. We talk about this quite a bit on this show, but again, it's like this energy that you are, this vibration. It's, it's a law. The law of vibration says you, you can only attract what you're in harmony with. Right. So like, That's the situation. That's what we're talking about here. Yes. And it's so powerful because when we come into oneness and we recognize oneness consciousness, that's not just about being one with each other, although that's very true. And that's really powerful. When we really get into that, it's like, oh, hey, God, (laughs) you know, right? Of course. And then... And then that spreads to every everything in existence. We meet everything in existence as part of the one. And so that's where we become really powerful creators because we're working with all of the energies and learning how to more finely attune our focus and our, our ability to create with what we desire. So those of us who are feeling called to be way showers or visionaries or um, light bearers, mystics right now, um, we are learning to hold only that which we desire as our vision, as our focus, only the highest vibrational uh, truth and really holding that steady, right? We're, we're projecting the truth of the highest vibration so that others can find that light and agree with it and witness it as well. And for me, what that looks like and what I've been shown is that is the return to the Garden of Eden. So that's what we're walking into, those templates, those very high vibration light templates is what we're walking into. Yes, yes. As we grow, as we ascend, there is an ascension process. And this is kind of leading into what you talk about in your book, this multidimensional awareness, living in several versions, several layers of the experience at once, bringing that information together to form your perspective and how you react with the world around you. And on one of those layers, in my opinion, this is just what I believe on one of those layers, it's you and God, and that's it. And everything else is a complete illusion designed to help you learn the lessons that you need to learn. Now, that doesn't mean that those people around you aren't real. They are real on one level, but on one layer of this multidimensional situation, it is, it seems just that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I love that you brought in the multidimensional awareness because that's really a huge part of the game that we're experiencing. Yes. This dimension is one of the more dense dimensions that we're experiencing as physical beings. So there's a lot of sort of 
the perception of fractalization is what we're experiencing. So we've got the oneness consciousness, the one God, the, the central source. And then as light projects from central source, we have many, many, many different colors that come in, right? And these are perspectives. These are souls. These are human experiences. So all of these, it just becomes this um, kaleidoscope of colors and experiences that are humans, you know, or that are beings that embody a certain perspective. So what we're doing when we go into that denser and denser layer of reality, we have one perspective when we're in the real dense layers. And then we have a slightly more connected perspective as we go up in frequency. And then we go up in frequency more and we become, oh, I see that there's more connection and more and more until we again reunite with that perspective of there's just the one in a billion zillion infinite forms, right? Yes. And the beauty of being a creator is that we can hold multiple layers of those perspective and perceptions at once. So in this human experience, I get to be a human. I get to be a star seed. I get to be God. I get to be you. I get to be me. Really, I get to have all of those stacked perspectives. And the way that I really like to see it is it's sort of like Russian nesting dolls. Right. So. In my human perspective, I'm the innermost Russian nesting doll. And in the God perspective, I'm the outermost Russian nesting doll. And I and, and I carry all of it within me, right? So to be able to carry all of those perspectives at once can be, it's a really powerful and also um, intense experience. <laughs> it can human. be, yes, but it's necessary to navigate some of the situations in life. And as we are anchoring these higher frequencies to give birth to this new earth, that's just what we are moving into. So it may be hard for people that are new to this or the light workers, the light bearers that are earlier on doing this. But as we evolve and ascend, that is kind of humanity's natural state, I believe. Yes. Yes. And it's what we came here to play with. Yes. You know, <laughs> how can I be God and human at the same time? Right. Yes. How, how can I experience being an individual consciousness and playing with my unique perspective and my unique creation? And at the same time, being a part of the all, knowing that I am the all never, never fully losing that perspective. We've, you know, we've kind of gone to sleep, which again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a beautiful part of the game. And we're going through an awakening to the truth of all that we are while still having this fun perspective that we got to be born into. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and this book really is about tapping into that play consciousness. And you say that it is sixth dimensional consciousness. Is that correct? That you feel that, that when you're consciousness is projected into that realm as the creator that is the sixth dimension yeah so it's interesting too because uh i'm taking these concepts that i've channeled 
and putting them into words, which again, it's kind of a more dense layer of reality, right? right? It's like the best we can in a way. (laughs) We're doing the best that we can, right? (laughs) And, you know, so let's, um, one thing I want to introduce is, you know, that is a helpful definition and it's not the end all be all, right? So it's one way of describing this expanded perspective. But yes, it was delivered to me that the sixth dimension is pure play. And what I like to look at that as is a sort of like we're moving into the consciousness of Dr. Strange, of being a superpower or superhero and being able to have, you know, so let's just play a little bit with the different dimensions according to, okay. (laughs) So for people who have explored a little bit of this, or maybe have never heard of this, we've got third density realm, third dimensional consciousness, which is this beautiful physical experience. And that's more dense. It's, it's all of the energy moving into dense form. When we go into fourth dimensional consciousness, that's where we start playing with time, space, uh, size, um, w- polarities. So that's where we get where things have broken into right and wrong, good and evil, uh, things like that. That's where we start to get more of that denser separation. Um, and I'm synopsizing a lot because there's just infinite. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, there's so much in each realm. So then we go into fifth dimensional consciousness, which is what we've really started to understand as the realms of heaven, eternal love, knowing that we're not separate, but still having unique experiences. When we look at fifth dimensional consciousness, that's us stepping into oneness consciousness and eternal love. And a lot of people previously have seen this as the realms of heaven. It's also because it feels like heaven. It feels really good, you know? And That's also in times past where we kind of stopped. That's where we saw the stopping. Oh, we reach enlightenment when we're in the realms of heaven. And there were very few people um, on earth who lived with that consciousness. And now so many of us are waking up to this, right? It's, It's Christ consciousness. It's Buddha consciousness. That's the realms of the fifth dimension. It's recognizing that we are divine love incarnate. Absolutely. Yes. And so now when we look at what is the six dimensional consciousness when held from the human perspective, we're able to take all of these abilities and we play with them. It's when we're holding the consciousness of being able to play with the human perspective. So we're no longer under, we we become the masters that wield these as the game, as, as opposed to seeing that time oppresses us or seeing that you know, planetary alignments oppress us or anything like that. We wake up to the knowledge that we are incarnated aspects of God, that we are God itself as one perspective. And we start to play with those. So we play with time. We play with uh, moving energy. This is really the realms where we start to witness that the physical um, that even as physical beings with laws here on the physical plane, we can wield uh, the, the the very elements of matter 
to be able to do things like time travel, levitate, bilocate. Um, you know, that's where we start to really play with this. Can people bring ego into that dimension or at that point, are you in the higher self because you are bringing some of your humanity there, but is it the humanity with the consciousness of the higher self? Really beautiful. Oh, this is such a fun conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I knew it was going to be a good one. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely told me. So there's some really beautiful things that happen to our ego as we go into this state of consciousness, because yes, we are all of it. And but it it looks different. That's why we're going through so much transmutation internally on the individual level right now, because every part of us shifts into that higher state of being. So we used to believe we cannot bring our bodies with us into these realms of heaven. We are now seeing that, yes, we do. It's just that they transform. They transform. That's why we're going into the crystalline structure of the body. That's why we are. um, And so what happens with the ego and just as a quick definition for this, um, we can call the ego the sense of self, the sense of personhood. And with that, uh, you know, the the depth of that separation from God, right? So we've got oneness consciousness, which is we're all, we're everything. There isn't even a, a we, it's just, it is. Right. <laughs> it's just the isness. And, and then we kind of, you know, fractal and we come into a one perspective, I am, right? So when we hold that I am, there's a feeling of separation, when we go into these uh, more exalted realms, the ego transitions. So while we can still see that, yes, I am, I am me, I am this body, I am this consciousness, you know, named Allison, named Jake, <laughs> named, you know, all these other beings, we live within the layer of consciousness where there are certain truths, where we know that we're interconnected, where I know that anything I do to myself affects everything in existence. And that's not to put undue pressure. It actually feels very relieving. There are certain things that then knowing that I am a part of all of it, I won't do. So as each of us individually and collectively come into these realms, we won't see any more war or any more contention because it just won't match with our state of consciousness because everything I do to me affects everything and everybody and everything I do to you affects me. And I would never want to create war even in the mind, right? Right. So with that, the ego transforms, even though I know that I'm an individual and I still have a physical body, my physical body transitions into this light body. So there's still physicality, but the physicality transitions into uh, 12, 15, um, you know, for my personal experience, I've seen the 15 strands of DNA. Um, So I'll just speak to my personal experience. And we activate the rainbow body. Um, our, like I said, we move into that crystalline structure. And then 
like kind of to bring it to really practical things, uh, we become very sensitive. Um, we, some of our lower emotional states uh, that are based on attachment, they just no longer work. They don't, we just can't do it anymore um, because it, it doesn't match with the vibration that we're holding. It's not that it's bad. And so we cast it off of ourselves. It literally ceases to exist because of the transmutation that has occurred. Right. Right. So for me, um, a really simple way of, of giving an example for this is, you know, five, 10 years ago, there were certain movies that I could watch that I even called them like awakening movies. I, I literally can't watch them anymore. I'm so sensitive <laughs> that it feels like any harm, even in imaginary land, because that's what is really creating the physical reality. I can't witness it. And, you know, I had this powerful experience a couple of days ago where I woke up and I thought it, this is such a strange reality. Um, uh, my perception has moved so far beyond war that I couldn't fathom it actually existing. Right. So we just, and there's a lot of like, uh, holding both perspectives as this occurs. Right. And I think that is part of the role of anchoring the vibration because yeah you're looking out at the earth and you're like, this is not my earth. I am not resonant with this. Why is this here? But at the same time, it's, it's part of the process. It's part of earth's process. And the fact that you're putting that energy out of like, this isn't the correct earth in a way. I mean, correct is a strong word. It's part of the process. Again, that is what's changing it. That's what's yeah. mutating it because we are creators. And you talk about this so much in your book. And we talk about this quite a bit on the show is that we have this immense power as humans. You talk about it as a godlike power. I would have to say so because that energy is within every single human being and more actually all of reality. And we have this ability to map reality any way that we want to. If we get a hold of that understanding, there are forces in this world that will feed your subconscious mind to create and co-create a reality that they want for whatever reason. They have their own intentions and the people that aren't aware of this power are just creating it. But as humans, as everything is infinite, as it is all one, we have this power to make this earth any way that we want. So why not make it the best possible place it can be? We have that power. All we have to do is decide. All we have to do is co-create. We co-create our reality. Like we were saying that one layer, it's just you and God. But at the same time, there's another layer where all of the beautiful humans who are having their experience are co-creating this reality. If we can get the information out to people, if people can develop themselves in such a way that they get a hold of that power boom we have it garden of eden heaven on earth it's there yes 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we're like so compelled to keep sharing because it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, other version of self, let's play. <laughs> it's super fun. And it's an adventure, like you say in your book. It is an adventure. Your personal development journey, the your personal ascension, what a beautiful adventure. There's also another adventure that you could say is a mission in a way. The star seeds, the angelic beings, they all want Earth to evolve. It seems like some of the star seeds, a lot of the star seeds, maybe all of them, came here with a mission. Like they chose someone, somewhere, sometime, however that works, gave a being a mission. The being that was totally in love with life itself and the divine said, yes, I will manifest on earth to help this evolve. So that's part of it. I believe is there's an awakening and yet there's a call to action. There's a mission behind it. Yes. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, um, uh, it's sort of like how everything gets a little bit, Let's see. It's sort of like if you're being pulled down a river or into a wormhole, let's say, let's give her more fun (laughs) example. And we're like, we're kind of hanging out out here. And it's like, huh, I feel like I'm being drawn somewhere. I feel like I'm being drawn somewhere. And the closer we get to that apex point, that center point, the more that we're just absolutely drawn in and compelled and it starts to move really fast. And that's sort of what's happening is we've got the energies of the planet. This particular um, earth experience is coming into, well, uh, what I'm being told right now is it's like the apex point is already underway. (laughs) It's already happening. So we've got, we've, we've already got the critical mass, right? We've already got the, the, um, the intensity of the, the birthing process happening right now. And so we are all feeling deeply compelled for something. And sometimes it's unnameable. Sometimes it's like, I know that I'm here for something, but what is it? (laughs) And it's just like, that can be really infuriating for, for people who have a strong sense of calling, uh, a strong sense of purpose. And then, you know, the predominant, um, voice of of humanity up until this point is to do things right. And I put that in quotation marks because we've been living under the realms of right and wrong. And so we're really moving into this. We're like, okay, I want to do something. I'm feeling compelled, but I want to do something right. And that's where we get stuck but not for long because we're all being pulled into that. It's really powerful forces right now that are just compelling us to move into our unique vibration, our truth. But we do kind of get stuck in that. I want to do the right thing. And so for anybody listening to this, who is feeling like, I know I have a purpose, but what is it? The message of play might be for you because when we play, we are following the true desires of our heart 
into physical reality. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like the desires of our heart are just going to take us willy-nilly all over the place, right? (laughs) But the desires that are built into us are the truth of our purpose. And that's how we that's how we create. That's what we're here for. So a lot of people get really, really kind of, um, oh, I just, I want to create from my purpose, but then we get stuck on what's the right way to do it. The right way is going to emerge naturally through you when you let yourself shine the fullness of who you are, even just a little bit. And how do we do that? We follow our desires and we let ourselves play because whatever your true purpose is, is going to feel like play to you. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, like me and you, right? Oh, we're hanging out. This is awesome. <laughs> me and you, we're sitting here talking. There are probably people listening to this going, there's no way that having a podcast is fun. There's no way that talking all day is fun. Like they might think that's definitely not me. Right. Sure. But for me, this lights me up for you. You're like, what did you say? Uh, 177 countries or something like that. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's incredible. And you're just, and, and also just as a side note, you have such a great radio voice. Like it's so, it's so (laughs) awesome. It's so distinct. And it's sort of like these it's born in us. It's born in us. I you know, could talk and maybe I'll do this as an experiment because I'm telling you when these energies start running through us, I use really funny examples, but it's sort of like, it's when I first started channeling, it came through, it felt like, uh, I had to go to the bathroom, that same sort of feeling like, Oh my God, I've got to find a bathroom right now. But it was in my crown chakra. It was like this stream of consciousness. And I had to start speaking, right? It's that urgency, that level of urgency. that's like, Oh, I, I just got to do this, but we have to start somewhere. Right. And each of us has something, some stream of our truth that is running through us. And it's going to be different for every one of us, but it's going to feel like play. Yes. And that you should then activate as your service. Cause we're all here to do this work, to make this beautiful earth the best that we can heaven on earth we have this blank canvas we have this play ability this co-creative power we can do that and that's a part of this experience absolutely absolutely it because and this is where you know we're like oh it's got to be perfect and it's got to help people and on and on and on But the beautiful thing is, and man, we're in such a good time right now with, you know, the internet and all like, you'll see people making videos on TikTok of them dancing, right? Right. And of course, not everybody who's doing that is like living the fullness of their purpose. Some of them are just kind of following other people's trends, but you can see when somebody's living their purpose and it's not something that our mind can really, you know, 10 years ago, would we have thought you know, dancing on video, is that your purpose? I don't know, right? (laughs) But now we can start to see without the mental constructs, we're like, oh, anything that lights me up can be my purpose. And we can start to follow it no matter how random it looks. 
and think about how much that serves other people and it will refine itself. It will refine itself. We don't need to worry about being perfect first. Right. We can follow our play. We can follow our joy and it will inevitably move into the realms of service for humanity because the more, the more we move up in frequency, the more we inherently want to be there for each other because there's no separation, right? So I am compelled to talk all day. I could talk about soda all day, but that wouldn't <laughs> really light boring. me up. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your thing, it, it right, would, right. right? That's what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we can see kind of with this example, like, it's not just about talking. It's about me bringing through these messages. I want to share it. I want to light people's hearts up. I want to ignite you into the remembrance of who you are. That is what really gets me going. It's not just the act of talking, right? But if I, if I tried to find perfection first and I stopped myself, which I have done in the past, there are a lot of things that kept me from feeling like I could be someone who just shares my message all the time, then that that kind of muddies up the water for us to flow with this light that wants to come through us. So it will inevitably find its resonance and more and more and more will be shared with us and revealed as to how to fine tune that beautiful light that wants to shine through all of us. Yes, absolutely. That was so beautiful. And you talk about the different types of desires in your book, but I do think that in the general sense, there is a little bit of distortion because some person somewhere put out this mantra that desire is the cause of suffering. And yeah. people get so confused by that. That's some serious distortion right there, people. If you've heard that before and for whatever reason you integrated that, maybe you were young or something, reject that, pull that out of your subconscious mind right now because that's not the case. The desires, like you're saying, is life seeking fuller expression through you. That's source, that's life, that's the desire. Now, there's low frequency behavior Absolutely. There's things on this planet that we need to shift and change from. But when you have a pull to do something, that's your calling. That's your purpose. That's life again, expressing itself through you. And if you don't make that choice, then you're, that's not your authentic self. Listen to your authentic self. It's calling you. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I want somebody to write that down. That is life. Ex the light of life expressing itself through you or something that was so beautifully said. Well, your desires are life itself yeah. seeking expression through you. Yes. And I learned that from the that great Bob Proctor, just to put that out there. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that is singing to me because that is the truth. And it is, it's kind of the, um, in a lot of ways, that's the main focus of the book Ecstatic Playground. This was a huge revelation for me that our desires are the process. It is our purpose. And that's what we let ourselves shine through. Because if we are, I mean, I'm curious, like, where did that come from that we started demonizing our desires? And I, and I, and I know 
where it came from. It came from the teachings of original sin and the teachings of original sin came from our personal experience because when we know ourselves as gods and then we go through this wild process, which I have remembered uh, consciously so much of like my birth story, my coming into physical existence story. And when I saw what happened to my consciousness through that process, I was like, wow, no wonder we all come out with so much distortion because we're taking this massive light and bringing it into a very dense layer of reality, right? We're bringing it into this dense consciousness. So we come into this physical form and we are slammed with energies that completely (laughs) contradict the truth that we are infinite beings. So we came up with this idea of original sin, like, wow, because original sin is our, our consciousness, our tiny um, human consciousness, trying to grapple with the fact that I'm God in this limited space. We come in, we can't even move our bodies right. My personal memory is looking out. <laughs> it's kind of funny when I had this memory, look at, I was pre-verbal and I was looking at the adults in my vicinity and I was like, they don't know what's going on. How am I supposed to fulfill my role here? And there was so much that was just um, misunderstanding and sort of repressed right there, right there at birth. And then in the years where we're conditioned into, you know, the earth landscape and we meet other people who have forgotten the fullness of who they are. And so we're all wandering around with this very limited perspective. And this is all setting up the game. It's a part of the game. It's a beautiful part of the process, but man, it can be what we often call traumatizing. It can be a total shakedown of the system because we're God and we come into this perspective of limitation, of lack, of people hurting each other and on and on and on. So the way that our tiny self interprets that is it must be because there's something wrong with me. And then we go about our whole lives trying to fix what's wrong with us, that we are not the ultimate God that we know ourselves to be. And so that's where we get all of this perfectionism and this limitation is we start to feel like, well, there's so much wrong, quote unquote wrong. How can I fix it? It must be because I'm wrong. It must be because I'm not perfect. Instead of having that really broad perspective, oh, actually it's just the dense layer of reality And we're learning limitations so that we can play in a certain way, so that we can create from one palette instead of from infinite colors. We're learning how to move in these denser layers of reality and still be love and still know ourselves as love and still find divine love in these denser layer reality experiences. Oh, absolutely. And That is what we choose when we come into this reality. We make those choices knowing full well exactly what we're getting ourselves into. Yeah, We we know all of this. And I think maybe that's part of the shock is because 
that those memories, that information is still kind of lingering as you manifest into this dimension and you know, these absolute truths. And then here comes reality's paradigms to pummel you. And then, ah, you know, and then you have to blossom out of that. You are then imprisoned and it's up to you to find the key to break yourself out of prison. Like whatever that means. Now, again, it's part of the process. So I don't want to throw those negative value judgments like prison. It's a construct, but it's, it's up to us to individually tap into our God selves and evolve out of that experience. Absolutely. So beautiful. I mean, beautiful people have said things to this effect, you know, Bob Marley, only you can free, free yourself from the imprisonment of your mind. I'm totally misquoting him, right? <laughs> That's okay. Only you only you can free your mind. And I've heard Esther Hicks, uh, the beautiful channel, um, bring through, we are so free that we can believe in our own imprisonment. And and this is the truth. And you know, it brings to mind like I love roller coasters. I I love uh, you know, amusement park rides. <laughs> It's and it's sort of really like that when we come into this reality, we're like, we're all brave and we're like, Earth, let's do that. Let's do that game. Sure. And all these star seeds are jumping in and we're like, yeah, bought one ticket to Earth. I'm about to rock this. this is going to be so fun. Did you see somebody threw up in that one part? It was so wild. And we're like, sign me up. <laughs> we get on the ride and the experience of it can really jolt our confidence a little bit and it can make us feel like oh i don't know man i don't know about all that that was pretty wild maybe i had it wrong maybe i don't know what i'm doing maybe i can't do this but we can it's just a ride and we absolutely are built for everything that we are here for to fulfill our purpose it's in us we cannot fail we just cannot it's yes. the truth of the all that is Yes. In your book, you say it's all a game. No one can lose. There's no losers. Yes. This is all just moving forward. Again, life is for expansion and fuller expression, never for retraction. It's always moving outward. Negativity of yeah. uh, dystopian earth, all of these fearful things. That's retraction. Mm. Life is for expansion. The divine, the universe, everything's expanding. It's all temporal. And designed to teach us all this one lesson. Look, I also believe, I kind of believe this. Tell me what you think. I okay. think that as we're all this one organism, humanity's history of hurting each other through wars, genocides, all of these terrible things are like one person kind of cutting themselves to learn what pain is and learn they shouldn't do that and then evolve. And as we work out all of these behaviors, we burn off that low frequency aspect of ourselves. We then can join the galactic family evolved without any of that. We can't bring that out into the universe. It's actually physically impossible, energetically impossible to bring that hate, consumerism, all the things that are considered low frequency human behaviors into the galactic sphere. So as we learn these things by inflicting them on ourselves as we burn it off. We are then that one organism fully healed and ready to join. Yeah. And then if we want to get really meta, like really out there, <laughs> 
there is this, I'm like, okay, I'll just briefly, cause I don't want to get too lost in this, but <laughs> when we, when we witness that full expansion, that full, I am everything. I am one. There is no pain. There is no separation. It is all the one consciousness. It is the own. And we get there and we're like, huh, what else do I want to create? And then sometimes we spiral back into the realms of separation to play with that level of separation once again, not because we need to learn something, but because we just want to have a different experience because there's never been anything wrong with any of it. It's purely the big want, 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 want <laughs> expansion, contraction. Oh, let's, what's this? What's this? Right. And so we feel right now, and it is definitely the collective purpose of the planet to raise in frequency, to transmute the pain, to move into oneness. And then we're going to get there and we're going to crumple it all up and do it again in a different way. And earth right now has a very specific purpose. And so that's why I was like, Ooh, I just want to touch on that. Cause, um, you know, I don't want to say, Oh, none of this matters, but because it's actually, it's all very important. Everything matters and nothing matters. Right. right. But right now where we are, it feels like it matters. And so we follow that because it's true, but it's also because it's inevitable. We are currently here on the planet in the process of wrapping up a game that we've been playing for a very long time in the human, in the earth sphere. And that is of separation and density layers that are not serving us moving forward. And it's not because anything's ever been bad. It's simply because that's where that's what we're doing right now. It's, it's the energetic propulsion of what we are doing right now. And it's not because it's bad or wrong, but it's also inevitable. <laughs> it's absolutely inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And also because of the earth itself, it has its own story. It's evolving itself. We're a part of the earth. The earth itself has its ascension process. We're a part of that. So whether we like it or not, I believe we are moving towards that because of that. In addition to other things. Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, it's, that's really true and really beautifully said. It's sort of like, um, you know, if I outgrow my clothes, right, I'm not going to keep those clothes with me all the time. Like that's a very basic example, but it's the same with the earth. The earth energetically, vibrationally is growing into its next phase and so all of us taking a ride on planet earth right now, we, <laughs> we get to participate in that. And if we don't, then it just really won't work moving forward. It's, it, it's the inevitable process. We can resist it. And that's where we get the pain and the, the suffering and the focus on the destruction and things like that. But it is also inevitable. Yes. And this is an absolute truth. And it seems like, the most intelligent people on the planet would kind of grasp this, but yet there are people that want to keep humanity in this place for certain reasons. Why is that? And what are those reasons? 
Yeah, it's kind of wild. It is. It's very <laughs> noticeable. It's like, yeah. so so why don't you want humanity to ascend? What's the big deal, people? Like, why are they trying to hold? And by they, I, I, I don't even know who they is, but there does seem to be these forces that are stifling the inevitable, that are trying to push back as much as they can, that magnetism, even though it's futile completely. Yes. So this is a really like, this is a broad topic. I'm going to do my best to kind of go into each piece that I'm seeing right now. Right. Sure. Please. The control agendas are totally real. There are, you know, there are the denser forces. Um, I had an experience when I was going through the beginning part of my awakening where I actually saw the reptilians and I was, you know, sort of like uh, pursued or chased by them. It was very, very scary experience. <laughs> and what I, I it was very important that I had that experience because I I was also told there's more and that's not real. It's real and not real. So here's what's happening. Yes, the control agendas are real. Yes, there are groups of humans and non-humans that are attempting to continue to control. There are vibrational emissions that are put out to humanity. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting here speaking like, let's just all play without knowing that there's so much going on. These are real things that are happening. I have definitely seen um, and channeled about some of these different control agenda uh, things that are being put out in the planet. And I have been told that's not the full story and that's not what I'm here to focus on because it kind of doesn't matter when we, and it's actually a gift for us. How many times I, and I, and I say this in the book, it's like the friction that creates the explosion that we call the awakening. So Okay, so let's go back a little bit. Why are they doing this? Why do any of us do anything that is creating separation? Because we believe that it's necessary in order to survive, right? So these these people who are part of these different systems who are actively working to oppress humanity, they're doing it out of a lack of consciousness of our unity, They're doing it because likely they've been born into it or they've been um, brought into it thinking that that is where their power is sourced from. And they think, and it's very real to them, that if I don't continue to control humanity, I will lose my power and I will die and on and I will suffer and on and on and on right? It's the same reason any of us do anything that causes separation or um, anything like that. What we're learning is that these, I mean, just like I was saying, the transmutation of the ego has to occur as we move into these higher frequencies. It's sort of like the, the three little pigs, right? Like we can't, we can't actually build a house with straw anymore because the vibrations of the planet I'm mixing so many metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're doing great. This is awesome. (laughs) Because the vibrations of the planet will not sustain it. It just won't be sustainable. So what we're going to see is it's uh, here's another metaphor. We're going to see it sort of like the Wizard of Oz, the witch being like, oh, I'm melting. I'm melting. It gets really loud. 
as it's going away. Right. So in the coming years, and this is very important for us to know, it's going to happen internally. It's going to happen on a global scale. We got to get really good at focusing on the light. We got to get really good at focusing on the template that we are moving into, which is heaven on earth and the garden of Eden and whatever it is that's true for you, your pure creation, because what we're going to see in the outer world is a transmutation of all of these things that cannot sustain in the new frequencies. And that's going to be control agendas. That's going to be destruction. It's going to be people hurting each other. And it's not that it's worse. In some cases, it's better than it's ever been, but it's going to look worse because we are far more sensitive and we are far more incapable of being in those frequencies than we have ever been before. So we're going to be really sensitive to these things that are happening at the same time. We're going to be asked, pay less attention to that than what your truth is, what you're creating. Wow. Right. So hopefully I kind of brought it all together did, with about yes. a thousand no, that, metaphors. <laughs> that's really powerful because it is kind of like a discipline. You know, you have to have that awareness, again, the multidimensional perspective in order to acknowledge those things, but not get caught up in them energetically, knowing that the ascension process is, in, again, inevitable. Yes, yes. And we do that, like, it sounds so big and so complicated and like, oh my God. And it is, you know, we're all like Bruce Lee, just like focusing on it, right? <laughs> we're just like, we're really learning. It's like, better get that meditation practice going so that we can learn to be still within. But that's the key. We never, you know, to bring it full circle, we're never doing something external. We're always doing the internal work. We're always doing the internal work and that is always projected into our reality right. and it's confusing and it may not seem that way. And there may be call, there may be people called to do work that is on the external layer of reality, but it has to start within so that we're not fixing anything. Cause when we get into the paradigm of fixing, that's when we perpetuate what we're trying to fix it doesn't make sense to our human mind when we are within, when we are existing within the consciousness of heaven on earth, that is what we will experience. And when we collectively do that, that's all we will know. Yes. And what are some of the things that people can do to attune themselves? Now, I know you talk about shadow work a lot in your book. Tell me about that and the importance of that. And then tell me some of the other things that people can do to tune themselves into these frequencies. Yeah. Ooh, I love talking about shadow work because it's one of the main things that I'm here to deliver. And All right. Not, <laughs> it is not the way that we typically talk about shadow work. Shadow work is the natural process that occurs when we illuminate ourselves more and more. So we do shadow work through play. It naturally occurs. A lot of people focus on shadow work. We focus on fixing, we focus on healing, we focus on on and on and on, right? Focus on what you need to heal within yourself. Focus on that. No, we don't do that. Now, we also don't spiritually bypass and we don't skip it. But in the stillness of presence, 
shadow work naturally transmutes in the stillness of presence of the light of all that we are shadow work takes care of itself so really what we're here to do is focus on play we're here to focus on our creation and here's how let's bring it to a really practical application let's say i just started my awakening When we just start our awakening, what's happening is we're suddenly receiving higher amounts of light and it completely shifts our worldview. So what happens when people go through awakenings is we often get hit, just bombarded with dark night of the soul, shadow work, boom. It's like, oh my God, a lot of people, I got very sick during my awakening because the pain bodies within me that could not be present in the light that was coming through started to shift. So we go through these awakenings consistently. Sometimes it happens, boom, all at once. My awakening was really intense. (laughs) And sometimes it's more gradual. So when all of this light is coming in, we're met with our shadows naturally. The shadow is anything that can't be present in that level of light that we're now standing in. And so what do we do? We sit with it. We're present with it. We embrace it. Shadow work is the process of embracing anything that's causing us to feel uncomfortable. And we don't want to do that. We want to push it away. We want to say, that's (laughs) disgusting. That's horrible. That's somebody else. But when we do that really deep transmutation process, what we're doing is we're actually, you know, sort of like walking into a room where there's this huge shadow on the wall and we're like, ah, scary shadow. We look slightly to the left and we're like, oh, that's my inner child standing in front of the light. My inner child's so scared right now. How can I love? And honestly, like most, if not all of our shadow work is just loving on that inner child. That part of us that got fragmented as we came into and started believing in the the reality of this human experience that separates us from ourselves So, so much Uh, of shadow work is just like, oh, I love myself even more deeply. Right. And sometimes, sorry, I know. I I No, no, this this is great. No, please, please. This is so good. I'm like blown away right now. Oh, good, good. Because sometimes shadow work looks like other people. Sometimes shadow work looks like boundaries. So let's talk a, a little bit about boundaries. Sure. Boundaries don't really exist. We're one. There isn't separation. So as we're coming into learning about ourselves and how to love ourselves more deeply, sometimes we need to put up boundaries to say, no, I will not have that energy anymore. But we always need to look at what the corresponding core is within ourselves. What is that mirror principle on an energetic perspective? What part of me believes that, yes, this person can be mean to me? What part of me needs more love so that I'm no longer creating this in my world? And I am not putting this lightly. Some people's shadow work and some people's boundaries are intense because they need to be. Because if this is true for you, you're a very powerful being who's meant to transmute a lot. You might be here to do ancestral clearing. 
you, in fact, most people on the planet at this point are, if not all people on the planet right now are here to stop the puck, right? Right. The generational trauma ends here. The perpetuation of disempowerment ends here. And so it's a lot. It's, we've got a lot in our human history. It's a lot to do. Or you're here to bring a very new frequency to the planet. You're a star seeding. You're here to not only stop the ancestral karma that's been running through, but you're also here to bring a completely new energy to bring it into the earth. So the I'm not making light of any of this, but I am saying that it's always within. It's never external to us. And the more that we can point that within, how am I blocking this from myself because I am everything? the more that we get to the root of it and the root of it's always just that ah, being. (laughs) Right. Wow. That was so beautiful because that's a very unique view on shadow work and boundaries, but it really seems to resonate truthfully because that is it. As you are on an enlightenment ascension path, you become enlightened and those situations you're able to look at with that perspective and it's transmuted. That's the shadow work. It's almost more, I don't want to place a judgment on, but it seems more functional coming from that perspective. than, like you said, a lot of people have this like deep attachment and like healing and all of that stuff. But instead of, doing that, they could just acknowledge it, realize it's there, but focus on the alignment. And then again, all that'll fall away. It's so powerful. And it's so contradictory to the way that we've been trained, right? Like the game is so confusing sometimes (laughs) (laughs) because what do you want to do if you're hurting? Let's look at it on a physical level. If I'm hurting, what I want to do is pay attention to it so that I can stop hurting. But at some point, even the physical body heals and we stop looking at it, wondering if somebody's going to hurt us again. And instead we zoom out and we become present with the overall system that has created that pain. And we say, how can I find my alignment? And we find our alignment through focus. We are powerful creators. If we focus on shadow work, we will, we will, it is never ending. We can find shadow work forever. And many people do. Some people spend their whole lives doing shadow work, not because that's what needs to happen for them to be healed and hold. We're already healed and hold, healed and hold. But because that's the adventure that they have decided to be on and that's okay, right? My, a lot of my purpose is to say, hey, stop doing shadow work. It happens naturally when you follow your joy. And man, let me tell you that telling people to follow their joy and their bliss and their pain is so majorly triggering to so many people. I had no idea. When my guides were like, your next book is about play, I was like, yeah, like happy, happy, joy, joy. I was like, this is going to be fun. And what ended up happening was just, a, a, just many, I, in fact, in the midst of writing this book, I want to just say this out loud, Sure, was the first time that I truly feared for my life because I thought I would end it. I reached a level of, of, of wanting to kill myself at one point because 
I reached the depths of separation with myself. Huh? Yeah. Wild, right? I didn't expect that when my guides were like, hey, write a book about play, study play. And why is that though? Like what, what was the catalyst for that? I, the way that I see it is that it's a bit like a slingshot. One is because as a star seed, my consciousness is so connected with the truth that everything's easy and everything's fun and let's just play. I actually needed to get this really in-depth understanding of what humans experience. So I went through it myself and it's making me a little bit emotional. I experienced separation. I experienced trying to control other people. I experienced the depths of anger. I experienced hating myself. I experienced absolute madness to the point where I thought, I mean, my brain cracked. I, I, I was like, wow, I am, I am a shell of a human right now. That's what, that's what it, it felt like. And gratefully, like I came back from that. But, but I mean, what caused it was me trying to control the external world to match what I was trying to create. So, you know, and I could give you the specifics of the situation, but it doesn't matter because that's where control brings us, right? Control is externalizing our power. It's always within. We, we don't ever need to control the external world. So all of that, bringing it all back into center. I don't want to end on the note of, you know, like, oh, it became so bad because it doesn't need to, or it can, whatever. It's all good, right? The purpose here is to be in the truth of who we are. And the truth of who we are is ultimate freedom. Yes. It's ultimate expansion. And we can only find that freedom by knowing that we are the creators. It's never out here. It's always within. And as we continue to allow this light to move through us, we will naturally inherently be met with the shadows that want to block that light. And then we love them. And and that transmutes it. And then it explodes in our outer world, but pay less attention to that explosion and more to, it's okay, you're doing it. You're on the right track. You are the creator, keep going. And then it just more and more bliss and play starts to show itself. Because again, we have this incredible power. This is the new earth, you would say, right? As we're moving into this, people are going to awaken to that. That is our natural state, the God self, the power that we have. It's happening. That's what we're moving into. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's both at the same time and it's learning to witness both at the same time and place our focus and our awareness and our creative power, which is what focus is. Our attention is our creative power placing it on the truth of what we desire, of what we love, of what we're creating. Yes. Witness it. Witness the Garden of Eden more than you witness the destruction. And that's what you'll create in your world. Absolutely. There's so much foundational spiritual philosophy in this episode. This is incredible. And this is all in your book. But tell me about one thing, the DNA upgrade that we're experiencing. In your book, you said... 
civilizations fall as we upgrade because they're bound to that lower DNA, I guess. Tell me about the DNA upgrade. Ooh, powerful. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to pause and listen because this is where I want to get the clearest information. So we are each being upgraded within our DNA spiral. What that means is it's actually a much more meta concept than just the simple transmutation of the genetic structuring within the human self. What's happening is the ability to hold higher levels of light within everything in existence in this planetary system. So what that means is within, let's see, I'm really trying to bring this through concisely. There's a very natural transmutation process that we can witness here on the earth. Let's look at fire. Um, when something is going through the creation destruction process here on the earth, we've got the breaking down process. And if we look at fire, what's left after that fire transmutation is the ashes, right? But the ashes, this earth has this beautiful process of bringing those ashes and bringing new life through them. It actually fuels the next incarnation of this life. So what we've got going on within the human body is a breaking down of old structures and through that very thing, a birth of the next part. And this is where we get the templates because the birth is something that on a different frequency layer has always been there, but it's becoming something that we are, um, solidifying is maybe the best word. Um, it's almost like through our focus and our awareness of something, it becomes more real. So as we're moving into the new DNA spiral being activated, what we're seeing, what we see first, this might be a little all over the place. I'm just trying to channel for the people who are listening. Um, this looks like a 12 strand DNA first. Many star seeds are immediately going into the 15 strand. I'm actually hearing 18 strand. What this means is there is a particular program encoding um, that is possible. Now those strands exist on a different spectrum of light than what is currently measured in the physical realm. And that's why we don't see them. It's a different light spectrum. When we begin to measure things from, and in fact, this technology already exists on the earth. It's just being kept from most people. We have the ability to measure these different spectrums of light consciousness I've got to move because when I start channeling at this frequency, my body actually goes into tremoring. So it's very powerful. So we can measure this light spectrum, but we are, let's focus now. They're telling me focus on the 15 strand starseed activation of the DNA. If you are starting to see a lot of turquoise, um, if you're starting to see the opalescent spectrum, many people feeling the, the rainbow body activation, 
um, know that this is already happening. It's not as if you're going to wake up one day and there it is, and you're vibrating at this other layer. It's sort of a the, it's almost like the spirit, what we have previously said is the spirit or like, um, the spirit leaving the body and the body sort of crumbling away. What's actually happening is this, uh, carbon, uh, shedding is what it looks like this carbon shedding, but don't worry. The earth wants that the earth wants that. And the activation, I'm really hearing turquoise, the activation starts to um, shift in the body. You'll notice that you're very thirsty. This is a sign point that you are activating that 12 strand uh, DNA spiral is the thirst that comes in because what you're trying to do is wash through those carbon-based structures. Uh, It also can sometimes feel like a physical death. Um, in the body, it feels very uncomfortable. Uh, we are working with you is what I'm hearing the, the star beings right now, whoever your, um, cosmic guides are, they are very closely working with you. Each cosmic guide system has a different role to play in assisting with this process. So back to the 15 strand, if you're a star seed, this is being activated um, a lot of us, cause I know that I'm going through this, uh, a lot of the lower chakras are sort of being shifted right now. Um, solar plexus activations. Um, and let's see if I can get more that 15 strand starts to help us spiral into the rainbow body, which instead of having we see, we see the Merkaba, but actually it looks like a spiral. It actually looks like a spiral. I know this, this is, um, a lot of somewhat scattered information or it might, it might seem that way. Um, it almost looks like, uh, if you hit glass with a hammer, it just, you're going to start seeing reality that way as well. And this is where, when we tap into those chakra points within um, the, the, the all around us, uh, that's when we can activate uh, our purpose on the energetic 6D consciousness level. Okay. I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm seeing a lot. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Tune into the turquoise ray or tune into your particular cosmic ray that is meant to be activated within you at this time. (laughs) That was incredible. Oh my God. Like, so are all of us experiencing this? This is all humanity at that 12th strand, the 15th strand, the light it's being activated right now. It's all of us. This is what's happening. The DNA upgrade, what you just channeled. Yes. Yes. It's the the 12 strand is happening for everyone. Uh, Many star seeds because they're already calibrated for it are moving into that 15. And I'm curious about the 18. Um, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting information about that right now. Um, but yes, because the planet will exist at the capacity where, um, it's sort of like not having lungs to breathe on within this frequency. Like if you don't have the 12 strand activated, 
you just will choose not to continue existing as a human. We're going to see a flashpoint. I'm seeing a flashpoint. A lot of people have been talking about 2027. That's when we're going to, what we don't know is that a lot of people, that's their choice point of exiting the earth plane. Um, and that's not scary. There's, there's nothing scary about that. I recognize that hearing this, it might sound scary, but it's actually just people saying, okay, I've done the work that I'm here to do. Um, and, and it's also saying the people moving forward have that particular sort of soul contract, although contracts kind of a dense word, but it's that particular agreement to continue, um, into, the next phase of human consciousness. So you will have to have the 12 strand in the, in the next 37 years. It's what I'm hearing, which is oddly specific. I don't know where that's coming from. (laughs) Um, So yes. And then uh, many star seeds are already activated within their 15 and many uh, more earth-based people are activated in their 12 right now. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so yeah. much information and it's so positive and beautiful. So you think that within you said 37 years, a lot of that activation is happening in that choice point, like you said, but then within 100 years, do you feel like that is a good time frame for all of these wonderful things we're talking about to manifest? Wow. I mean, 100 years is like, it's just. It's like five seconds. It, well, and it's not even because we can't measure with years anymore. Right. Because so much is happening so quickly, it's utterly unrecognizable. But thankfully, at least from our perspective now, it's right around the corner. It's It's right right around the corner. If you're alive right now, you've already chosen. (laughs) You've already chosen. Like you've already chosen where you're going to be. And remember that the people who choose uh, to not continue their lives um, whether it seems destructive or it's just, you know, passing on of old age, like they've done a great job They're they're This, this is not a process of good and bad and sifting who's good. It's not that it's simply a choice. What did you come here for? Did you come here to be an engineer? Or did you come here to be a, an artist? It's kind of like that. It's, it's, did you come here for the 12 strand activation and that phase of the planet? Or did you come here to do the work of the cleanup that we've been experiencing up to this point? And it's, and it could be both and it could be far more than that. Right. And exactly. Like you said, so much more. What what a conversation we've had. Oh my God, Allison, this is mind blowing. I, I, I know that we could go on for 24 hours. Perhaps we should try that sometime. (laughs) We'll hang out in person. We'll do a 24 hour podcast. I tell, I'm guaranteeing you by hour 10, there will be some serious channeling coming through, but I do want to tell people where to find you. Of course you have a website, www.com allisonholly.com and i'm going to spell this a l l i s o n h o l l e y 
alisonholly.com and she has two books one of which we talked a lot about but we could have talked so much more there's just so much more of course we're gonna have to have allison back if she's willing uh-huh. ecstatic playgrounds creating as gods and masters on the playground of life think about everything that we talked about in this episode people this is this is it get this book she also has the era of the true creator i have not read that one but i have a feeling it's equally as amazing so <laughs> What an episode. Allison, before we go and before you come back, is there anything else you would like to leave our listeners with? We left on such a positive note. There's so many different things happening. We really helped people understand this. And even with the little bit of the chaos, we are having these upgrades. The upgrades are happening. The ascensions are happening. All this is positive. Is there anything else you feel like our listeners should know? I just want to send a big hug to all, you know, aspects of the one, (laughs) which is all, all of you and all of us. And I really want to say you're doing a good job. You all are. We all are. We're doing exactly what we're supposed to do because everything is perfect. And we are, as you say, pioneers of the new frequencies as we dream a new earth together so thank you so much for being here allison you're amazing thank you jake this has been so much fun i usually top off at about 45 minutes and i'm like oh this is gonna be a new experience and you're right i'm just i'm like let's keep going the channel's (laughs) open so you're gonna have to come back please hold through the outro music allison everyone again check out the website Check out the books. Check out everything Allison's about. She's another star seed. We're here to help humanity. And of course, we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth.